Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from my own home. Your own home, senor. Which is a dimly lit room. Because uh, I got the COVID. Uh, today... Brand new week, brand new month. The rent is due. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. People freaking out over Let's Go Brandon. Oh, boy. (laughs) So delightful. So amusing. So critical. The main one being the Southwest Airlines pilot who allegedly said Let's Go Brandon in an attempt to be funny. Exactly. But people freaking out over him in particular. Hilarious. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that. Good stuff. Uh, how y'all doing? Crank up the music, Michael. This is an intermation party, man. It is a party. Wow, he he's got the COVID. Party. He's ready to party. I totally respect that. He didn't come to party. Don't bother knocking on my door. Yeah. I believe Halloween surpassed New Year's Eve a couple of years back as the biggest party night of the year for younger people. So last night was a big party night if you're on the younger end. If you're on the even younger end, it was a big night of eating uh, candy for dinner. Oh, <laughs> like boy. my kids apparently. More or less did. <coughs> My kids were just kind of uh, general scary things. Not like uh, in the past they've been a particular thing like Batman or um, as, uh, the iPhone. It can, can, can I unprogram my iPhone? Because it just it kills me. So the iPhone photos thing, you know, you're, you're scrolling through and it gives you on this day. Yeah. And which is kind of a cool feature. But, man, I start getting all those. On this day on Halloween and getting all the pictures from Halloween over the years. And that was a, that was a little too much emotionally for me to take in on, on one day. But when they used to dress as uh, little cartoon characters and they're super cute and all that sort of stuff. Now they're sure. into just like generally at age 9 and 11, generally scary, horrifying things that if you saw in the night, you would scream and call the police or perhaps shoot. Wow. Uh, wow. Just bloody things, you know, with axes and yikes. What is that? Um, what is that I, tendency in human beings? It's just, I don't know. It's They say it's we like to confront our fears. One of the things that's good on Halloween is kids can kind of confront the things that scare them and work through them a little bit. I don't. Do you have a lot of bloody axe murderers in your neck of the woods? I don't know. There, are, well, there aren't any seen really it in the headlines. <laughs> there aren't any really anywhere in the world. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, that we decide to confront that fear <laughs> since it's not realistic. I well, think, there uh, are. There are zero Southwest Airlines pilots uh, plunging planes into the ground in the name of their unholy extremism, but Twitter thinks they're about to. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of fears that don't exist, Er McGird, if you're not familiar with this, just you got to stay tuned. It is unintentionally guffaw worthy. I uh, I don't remember if I tweeted this out or not, but Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, Kentucky, his wife tweeted out what he dressed as for Halloween in 2008, which was the federal deficit, which at that oh time was uh, $10 trillion and just seemed insane that we were at $10 trillion in 2008. And she retweeted that to remind us we're now at, what are we at now, $35 trillion or something like that? Thanks, Mrs. Crazy Paul. Number. We're trying to enjoy Halloween. But that is the sort of stuff that's scary to me, too, if somebody is dressed as inflation or the uh, federal debt or taxation or anything like that it's oh yeah you know, keep bloody axe murder turning i can lock my door to keep bloody axe murderers out That's inflation forget it <laughs> exactly well, i can shoot it. something to give you bad need bad dreams 
I can shoot an axe murderer. I can't shoot inflation. No, you cannot. <laughs> wow. Um, so boring. So I do need to talk about COVID later because I was not here. And I don't. You'll have to tell me. I got a couple of days that are just a fog. Was I on the air Thursday? You were. Yeah, you I was were on the air Thursday. You, were, you did quite well. Very brave. God, I couldn't tell you. And I wasn't on Friday, right? Correct. Yeah, you were was in Was I on it all Friday. Friday? No, not for a moment. God dang it. We communicated via text. You said you hadn't slept all night and felt as bad as you had since chemotherapy. Uh, I was uh, outside of chemotherapy. That was the sickest I've ever been in my life for a couple of days from the COVID. So I know your your mileage may vary. Plenty of people get the COVID, get no symptoms whatsoever. Um, some people die, obviously. I, as a vaccinated man, got the sickest I've ever been in my life for Yikes. a couple of days. Yeah, and it yeah. was brutal. I right. wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do it again. So, and I've been trying to get some information. It's so hard because um, maybe that's why some people go with the CDC stuff, but. Um, you search for information and you get a study from Australia last month, then a study from Great Britain from six months ago. And I mean, I'm trying to figure out what's what, I don't know. But so do you have any sense of what I have been, would I have died without the vaccine? Would my, would it have been the same? Or is there no way of knowing that? Well, unless Since I was vaccinated. Unless there's something wrong with your immune system, which obviously I would have no idea, I think you can assume the immune response you mounted was better and faster than it would have been if you were not vaccinated. On the other hand, you know, it's funny. We were, people were reacting to your absence on Friday and various people you see the vaccine doesn't work. And I just and I don't want to be hurtful to anybody because we appreciate everybody listening and the rest of it. But what part of 97% do you not get? As they always taught us, like in the, the, the health class, a condom, 99% effective. That means one gal out of 100 is going to get pregnant. Every single set of 100. So what part of 97% or whatever the percentage is do you not get? It's the reverse lottery. Three people out of 100 are going to get kind of sick. So one out of 33. Yeah, exactly. If you were in a contest for $5 million, you had a one out of 33 chance, you'd be pretty excited. Yeah. There was, again, and I don't remember which period of time it was, but there was a period of time where I um, I would roll over in a haze and check my oxygen with my little oxygen meter thing. I'd put it on my finger. Good man. Everybody get an oximeter. As I was sweating bullets and breathing hard. And I was hanging around 92 for a while, which is getting down low to where uh, you get much lower than that, and you're supposed to go to the hospital. Great on a calculus test, not good on an oxygen test. (laughs) Pretty good on every test you take, except for the oxygen test. There's no curve on the oxygen test. (laughs) I was laying in bed breathing like I just got done running five muscles. (sighs) Oh, my God. What the hell is going on here? And sweating bullets. It was just crazy. It was so crazy. Wow. So that's weird. Scary. Yikes. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. How do you feel now? Um, in comparison, I feel fantastic. Um, right. <laughs> outside of that, I feel like I got a really bad cold. But, you know, we all get really bad colds a couple times a year. 
Yeah, I got tested over and over again yesterday, the home tests, and I realized that they have false negatives too much, so I went to get the official test, and sure enough, I've just got a cold. So, I don't know. Which is what I thought I had. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I feel increasingly terrific, though. I think I just have a cold. Increasingly terrific. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my standard. The Joe Getty standard, yes. That's his, absolutely. That's my new self-help book. How are you on the JGI, the Joe Getty indicator? Are you feeling increasingly (laughs) terrific? (laughs) Because that's that's a good standard to have there. More terrific, less terrific, or about the same terrific. Because that's what we're shooting for, everybody. (laughs) Be sure to mute your microphones and let's get started. (laughs) Um... Uh, so anyway, got a bunch of stuff to catch up on. Uh, Biden's out of town, but his uh, his numbers continue to uh, plummet in a whole bunch of a variety of areas. And there's still a question as to whether or not they're going to spend us into France. And most of you are not paying any attention to it whatsoever, which uh, I am uh, I'm, uh, envious of on many levels. But the latest polling shows most people have no idea that the whole infrastructure plan bills thing are happening. Or if they've heard it, they're dimly aware of what it is. And they don't think it'll do them any good. So that's the latest polling. Yeah, righty then. Good stuff. <laughs> well, and plus, discourse in Congress has reached the all-time low. I have an example for you. Awesome. Let's officially start the show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Monday, November 1st. The rent is due. The rent is too damn high. The year 2021, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Amen to that, brother. All right, let's begin officially now. According to FCC, uh, rules and regulations, hail, hail, the gang's all here at Mark. LGB. That let's go, Brandon. Right? LGB. This means let's go, Brandon. No. LGB. Sounds like let's go, Brandon. I guess. GP. All right. Let's go, Brandon. So that is is from a much longer video that, as someone tweeted out, deserves some sort of special Oscar. It's it's just fantastic, and you got to watch it. We have it linked at armstrongandgetty.com, but it includes Barack Obama and Jen Psaki and obviously um, uh, Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump. But it's just so well done. Oh, it's brilliant. How long does that take to edit Five that years. all together? I, I, I'm just astounded by the, the skill and the creativity and the patience it would take. It is so good. <laughs> wow. I want to hang out with a dude who does that and just see how it's done. Did that Southwest Airlines pilot, is he the guy who made the video? Or <laughs> He did during flight. What else are you going to do? If Stare the, out if, the window at the clouds? If I And often the waitresses and pilots are hilarious on Southwest if you've never flown Southwest. Part of their sure. thing is they make a lot of jokes, often pretty edgy jokes. But if I had been on a Southwest plane and the pilot had said, let's go, Brandon, at some point, <laughs> I would have spit out my water. <laughs> oh, and the reaction, folks, the reaction. What was the phrase Matt Taibbi uh, used? Hang on a second. Let me uh, mouse over to that here. Can you use mouse as a uh, as a, uh, a verb? The let's go, Brandon, freak out goes next level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to hear his writing oh, on that. Good. It's good. <laughs> How does mailbag look? Oh, it's strong. Oh, going to start the, the week in style. Oh, awesome. All that is next. Our text line is I am uh, once again conscious. I can look at the text line. 415-295-KFTC. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty.
has the year gone? Remember all the jokes about 2020? Thank God 2020's over. Yeah, 2021 kind of continued along with the same sort of thing, didn't it? We just kind of got used to it, kind of got numb to it, I guess. Well, right, yeah, as I've said. You know, everybody thought 2021 couldn't possibly be worse than 2020. Just don't think that. <laughs> be a pessimist. You're Actually, either by- right or you're pleasantly surprised. I think by many measures, 21 was worse. It's just we've gotten used to it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Here's your freedom love and quote of the day. Once again, Ben Franklin. If all printers were determined not to print anything until they were sure it would offend nobody, there would be very little printed. It's a good mm-hmm. point, Benny. Benny boy. Eh? Mailbag. Hey. He's talking cancel culture. 18th century style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Still getting organized. There we go. That's garbage. So a couple of Halloween-related emails. This one from Heather. My daughter came home from... Oh, this is the ultimate Halloween shrinkflation. My daughter came home from trick-or-treating, discovered the ultimate shrinkflation in her hall. A fun-sized peanut M&M pack with a single M&M inside. Wow, that's shrinkflation. I really hope this was just a packaging error and not an intentional effort to reduce the number of M&Ms in each package. You know, you get below one M&M... And you're really kind of, uh, you're, you're edging toward fraud, really. You're a paper salesman, yeah. I hope and pray you both recover from your illnesses quickly. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I, I think Jack is on the mend, and I just have a cold. The humble cold, the rhinovirus. Caught it from a rhino. That I was riding shirtless like Vladimir Putin. Uh, moving along, another Halloween-themed uh, note from Aileen Anonymous. As teachers at my school, we have a... Uh, we have a secretary who loves making a theme for the day. Teachers can participate or not. It's it's stupid, but a lot of the teachers enjoy it. It's good, stupid fun. This year's theme, Happy Days, is in the TV show. Well, yesterday, the principal sent us this email. You know, Michael, I should have asked you to be ready with serious music. I'm super excited to enjoy Halloween spirit at school tomorrow, and I appreciate the efforts to promote staff spirit with a Halloween dress-up theme. That said, I do want to acknowledge that the framing of our dress-up day as Happy Days was problematic. For several reasons. Okay, anytime you hear the word problematic, you know they're infected with social justice critical race theory disease. That's a word from that field that you assign to anything you want to end or skewer or pervert. It's problematic. No, it's not, is the response. Anyway, back to the problematic happy days. The very title of that show highlights the injustice of the period. No, that's no, no. That's not serious music. That's like sensitive music. It needs to be ominous, scary, foreboding. That's what we're looking for. Think Halloween. Back to the email. <laughs> the very title of the show highlights the injustice of the period. The 1950s were not happy days for all, especially marginalized groups who were subjected to hate and violence during that time. All right. So you can't do happy days. That's out. It's problematic. It goes on in that vein, as you could guess, but uh, please consult our district Halloween costume policy once again. <laughs> yeah, boy, uh, you got to laugh to keep from punching people in the nose. Yeah. Uh, here's a note from uh, VHO. What happens if I have a kid named Brandon? Sorry to say, anyone with a kid named Brandon might never be able to get a Let's Go Brandon cheer started for them. Let's well, Go doing- Brandon! You're doing fall ball little league and your son's name is Brandon. You are in a pickle. No, yeah, I'd say. He's up at the plate. What are you supposed to do? 
Let's go, Brandon. That's what you're supposed to do. Come on, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Everybody start chanting that. Hilarious. (laughs) Uh, This email is actually a tweet from the brilliant Tim Sandifer, who tweeted, If NFL players can take a knee, Southwest pilots can say, Let's go, Brandon, on the PA. Yeah. And I rarely argue with Twitter commenters, but somebody said, so you're comparing protesting police brutality with wanting to call a president, you know, a vulgar name. And um, the comparison was, I think Tim was making, and, and the point is, you're working for a company that wants to make a profit, and you did something that might make it harder for them to make a profit on their time. Yes. And many of you all leapt to their defense saying that was important and they get that right. And if you don't like politics and football, just turn it off. Well, likewise, if you're going to make some sort of moral argument about the football players, you got to match it with the pilot. He gets to. Or he doesn't get to and Colin doesn't get to. One or the other. Right. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The inventor of tiramisu has died. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's. I'm sorry. I'm sure his family... I'm so sorry. <laughs> the inventor of tiramisu. Maybe it was the tone of my voice. It had a... <laughs> Well, a tone just, of import that perhaps wasn't necessary. Some people laugh when they're shocked, and I believe that's what happened with me. I just I, I can't believe that the inventor of tiramisu is no longer with us. Uh, the Supreme Court today is taking up arguments in abortion at a level it has not in 30 years. And eventually, uh, over the next six weeks, in a way that the Supreme Court has not in almost 50 years. Um, the abortion discussions are on at the Supreme Court, so it is time to figure this all out. And they're getting into the Texas law starting today, hearing oral arguments. Yeah, I've got to figure out when that audio is going to be posted because I, I'm, I've got to uh, I got to work out today because I've grown very fat in recent weeks. <laughs> oh man, really Thanks to need the to investor do of tiramisu. <laughs> Perhaps I killed him. I don't know. Perhaps. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, that'd be a great thing to listen to whilst, you know, feeling the burn. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be a really interesting day at the court. Looking and at the it on very, multiple levels. The very latest thinking on inflation from our government leaders, we can tell you that. It ain't going away anytime soon. Even they admit that. So I would like to feature at least partly this, uh, this piece written uh, recently by the brilliant Matt Taibbi entitled the Let's Go Brandon Freakout Goes Next Level. A Southwest Airline pilot earns ISIS comparisons for joking into a loudspeakers as pundits continue to mass forget the previous four years. It's worth <laughs> mentioning worth mentioning that Taibbi loathes Donald Trump. Okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, not a Trump fan at all. Um, but he hates hypocrisy. And in particular, and this is interesting, He's really troubled by the NSA, CIA, FBI to media pipeline, particularly on your so-called lefty media. They're hardcore, like secret police statists masquerading as, as liberals, as progressives. 
which is not really a masquerade if you know the progressive movement. It believes that government can do anything. It's empowered to do anything. Um, but anyway, so if you notice a tinge of that, that's that's kind of his thing. So anyway, he writes, uh, FBI special agent turned CNN political analyst Asha Rangappa. Gosh, that resume sounds unsurprising, doesn't it? Tweeted this yesterday night. I love this. As an experiment, I'd love for a Southwest airline pilot to say, long live ISIS before taking off. My guess is that one, the plane would be immediately grounded. Two, the pilot fired. And three, a statement issued by the airline within a matter of hours. Put your irony helmet on. This is going to be a long ride. <laughs> Rangapa was referencing a story involving a Southwest Airlines pilot became national news story by saying, let's go, Brandon, during a flight from Houston to Albuquerque. Sitting on that flight, incredibly, was an AP reporter named Colleen Long, who was in the middle of writing a piece entitled, How Let's Go, Brandon, Became Code for Insulting Joe Biden. All right, where did this all start? I think y'all are hip to this. October 2nd, NASCAR race, Talladega, crowd breaks into a chant of F Joe Biden, and the plucky little reporter tries to cover it up. All of our partners. Oh, my God. Such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me. Hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Told me you were gonna kind of hang back those <laughs> stages and just watch okay, and right, learn. Right. So that's how that's how let's go, Brandon got started. It's a euphemism for F. Joe Biden. All right. Well, right, and uh, you know, Tybee's probably going to write about this, so that uh, maybe I shouldn't interject with my oh, l- less witty and creative views of something he's about to say. But when people, when a lot of people say "Let's go, Brandon," they're probably not Biden fans, or they wouldn't say that. But it's not the equivalent of saying "F Joe Biden." Some of it is just the humor of the fact that it has morphed it's not like when they um uh uh what was the thing was it world war one I? I think der tag was the uh was the german thing everybody'd say to each other der tag the day is that right is that the right german on that yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and people would say that and they all know and that was a wink and a nod and that was a we know the day is coming the war is coming and we're ready um that was serious. I mean, there was no joking there. Der Tag was an indication of something. People saying, let's go, Brandon. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, a fan of Biden, but it's mostly just the joke. It's let's go, just- Brandon. <laughs> well, we got this nice note from Jessica in Iowa. It says, I've never been in favor of blatant disrespect toward my president, even if I disagree with essentially everything he's doing. Yet I find myself smiling and wanting to chant along with the let's go, Brandon rants. I think the phrase or euphemism has become so much more than the initial chant. Right, right. I, I, when I hear let's go, Brandon, I hear we're fed up with the woke crap, the politicization of everything, hypocrisy that's engulfed our government. It's a safe way to say that. And I would add, as Jack mentioned, there's also this is the chuckle because it's so silly. <laughs> let's rep- go, Brandon. And the reporterette's tone of voice there. There's just so much. And, well, let's get back to Matt Taibbi because he really ties it together. Uh, the phrase has since become a war cry for people all over the country, being at once a burn on Biden, the anxious airbrushing press, and the corporate conglomerates who are taking preemptive action to try to prevent such outbursts from ever darkening America's door. Um, blah, blah, blah. Now, WFBI agent Rankappa has essentially declared, let's go, Brandon, the equivalent of an ISIS war cry. Supportive hand-wringing from press-slash-national security colleagues was instantaneous. Donald Trump tried to overthrow American democracy, and at least one Southwest Airlines pilot think that's just fine, cried yeah. HuffPo's SV date. Oh, my God. 
Uh, official resistance mascot Aaron Rupar uh, tweeted, Come fly the extremist skies. Then there was Rangappa's fellow spook to CNN pipeliner, former Homeland Security official Juliet Kayam. If Southwest Airlines doesn't do anything, every passenger on that flight has a standing to file a complaint with the FAA, and they should do so. Southwest will then be compelled to investigate or defend him. Have fun with that. No messing around in the air. Is it really possible, Taibi writes, that these people don't get they're being trolled? Part of the joke of Let's Go Brandon, of course, is that you couldn't go five minutes during the last administration without hearing someone in pearls or a bow tie screaming F Trump. I don't remember Rangappa point, pumping out Osama bin De Niro tweets after this celebrated Tony Awards performance. I'm going to say one thing. F*** Trump. Wow. It's no longer down with Trump. It's f- Trump. Listen to the crowd roar. And those are the elite of the elites in that audience. Including that me, the media elite, hundred percent, and just roaring with approval. Well, it's different, you see, because Trump was bad and Biden isn't. Right, right. The bigger part of the Let's Go Brandon gag is that such outbursts during the Trump years were not only not condemned, they were celebrated. As pundits and reporters for the first time told us directly, profane insults of the president were okay. CNN wrote Robert De Niro's comments at the Tony Awards go viral. In a story quoting artist Ferrari Shepard saying, Robert De Niro is my favorite rapper. USA Today, which is woker than now, Robert De Niro drops the F-bomb, bashing Trump at the Tony Awards. Meanwhile, in the press room, Tony winners were surprised and amused by De Niro's comments, and he goes into a couple of uh, examples. The Vox headline, Robert De Niro told the Tony's audience, F Trump, he got a standing ovation. In a story that did include criticism of De Niro, but not for cursing out the president, but for overshadowing Angels in America winner Andrew Garfield, who'd referenced a Supreme Court case, blah, blah, blah. When Samantha B called Ivanka Trump a feckless C on TBS, she and the network did apologize, but the commentary it was far from unanimous in believing she should have. A New Yorker column that referenced Chaucer, Marvell, Dawn and Shakespeare said a B. She should not have apologized. Uh, da, 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 da. The Daily Beast headline about the show was a visual high five, complete with a damn. The official canonization of the F-bomb came when Jim Gaffigan, the least potty-mouthed comedian on the planet, entered into a profanity-laden Twitter rant last summer. He said things like, I don't give an F if anyone thinks this is virtue signaling or what. We need to call Trump the con man, thief that he is, etc., etc. Pundits reacted as if Trump had inspired the Ninth Symphony or moved Gandhi to the Salt March, uh, etc., etc., praising all of it. Uh, uh, fourth wall experience revealing a man who simply wants things to go back to normal. CNN added a solemn campaign think piece that said Gaffigan dropping his nice guy veneer to drop F-bombs on Trump was a good thing and a positive thing and showed how far it's gone. Then he gets back to the let's go Brandon is supremely obvious humor bait. But prestige media types have been unable to avoid swallowing it. Biden's critics hurl increasingly vulgar taunts, complained the Washington Post, describing how Florida Congressman Bill Posey violated the decorum of the House with Let's Go Brandon. The Post, it should be noted, rated De Niro's speech as one of the hits of that year's Tony Awards. Others, like perpetual foot-in-the-mouth sufferer Senk Uger, who you probably don't know, 
are using let's go Brandon to shake their heads at Republican incivility, et cetera, et cetera. This is the same guy who moments ago was guffawing to a story about a woman in Texas who was selling F Trump bumper stickers and also had a message on her pickup truck for those who voted for him. Uh, essentially, F you if you voted for Trump. Um, those that gal's got some balls on her, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't exactly have. Uh, he says. Um, he summarizes. I don't exactly have standing to get moral moral about f bombing any politician. But if mainstream mouthpieces can't see how this looks to middle America, people getting seriously compared to terrorists for ironic G rated versions of the same rant that had pundits lining up to send Jim Gaffigan to Oslo to get a Nobel Prize, they're dumber than I thought. <laughs> So true. So to to finish off the conversation, getting back to the Colin Kaepernick comparison, so where does this fit in with the idea of kneeling during the national anthem? My take was that the owners can do what they want if they think, or the NFL thinks it's going to hurt viewership, then they can get rid of these guys. If I own an NFL team, I say, I don't want you kneeling during the national anthem because about half of my audience that pays a lot of money to attend or watch or buy gear isn't going to like it. Mm -hmm. So just stand like everybody else. And if I'm running in airlines, I would say to the pilot, don't say stuff that's going to offend half my audience that flies and give them any reason to not want to fly with us. Right. I would. I agree with that. And if you fire that football player, that's going to have a PR effect too, and you have to live with it. You know, with liberty comes responsibility, which is, according to some of the great thinkers, why uh, so few people want it. Um, and and Southwest Airlines, they get rid of that pilot, man. They're going to be dealing with a good old fashioned Texas poo storm. Oh sure, um, sure. That that well, that's that's why as an owner, you'd rather your uh, your employees stayed out of this sort of thing because now they have to either keep the guy or fire the guy. I right. think they're safer keeping the guy. Um, if I'm an owner, I, what I would do, I would just say, hey, you know, don't do that sort of thing. All right. Everybody's been warned. Please, please don't do that. We're just trying to fly people around. Right. Here's what you do, Southwest. And I know a lot of you listen. You announce an investigation. You've already done that. So you're looking into it. If somebody calls for an update in 24 hours, which is semi unlikely, say, yeah, so we're completing a complete investigation, looking into <laughs> blah, blah, blah. As boring as possible. 48 hours from now, something new oh, yeah. will have happened, oh, and yeah. nobody will give even a single poop. Not even one. That's hilarious. Well, I think we're about, uh, we've gotten clearance to uh, take off. So uh, everybody have a uh, pleasant flight and let's go, Brandon. That's it. That's it. Nobody's hurt. All right. Nobody's hurt. Uh, so Joe Biden spent a long time in one of the Vatican bathrooms. Have you heard this story? <laughs> Hasn't been nailed down or not. Hashtag poopy pants Biden. But it's been I, I did not tweet with that hashtag, by the way. Good. Disrespectful. Childish. <laughs> and nobody needs that. During Certainly these troubled not. times. Right. Um, what the treasurer, head of the treasury, said about uh, inflation. You should probably hear that. Bunch of different stuff we can get to. And your thoughts always on the text line at 415-295-KFTC. Let's go, Brandon. Come on. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I think it's going to tell us more about Virginia than it's going to tell us about the country. Terry McAuliffe 
stuck his foot in his mouth in an enormous way at that second debate when he said the parents shouldn't be involved in deciding what their kids are learning in school. And he handed Glenn Youngkin something that every challenger wants to be handed. So um, Chris Christie, like me, says the big election tomorrow that the national media is focused on says more about Virginia than it does about the country. That's my view of it also. So quit extrapolating. Yeah, the only fan of extrapolations. The only quibble I would have with that point of view is that the issues the issues involved resonate like crazy with people around the country, and and people like us are always um, we, we tend to forget that Mister and Missus America aren't as tuned into the news as we are, and maybe not as aware that so many people feel kind of the same way about their schools as they do. I just wonder if it's a growing uh, you know uh, gut feeling. I noticed this divide recently because I've always been a don't nationalize these elections. That's stupid. I've noticed that people on the right tend to think it's about the local issues. It's about the local politician, whether they liked him or not. And people on the left tend to make them national. I've just noticed that seems to be a trend, which Hmm. probably kind of fits in with the whole left versus right political thing. People on the right tend to want politics to be local much more local than national, and people on the left tend to think the president is the king of your local school. So right. that that's probably why they look at it this way. Yeah, they want and a king. People like, people like Chris Christie think the way I think that I'm not there listening to these two candidates. They are. It's got a lot to do with those two human beings locally. Sure. Talking about local their local issues. stuff. Right. Yep. Um, but anyway, we'll be getting results on that tomorrow. <laughs> we gotta, well, and oh. I would also say uh, the other national thing, and we can get to these uh, poll numbers in a little bit because they're shocking, is I think the perception of not only the Biden administration, but the Democratic Party as a an organ that can get things done, I think that perception is fading fast. Mm. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of poll numbers came out over the weekend we can hit you with. Uh, Joe Biden struggling in a number of areas you wouldn't have thought he would have ever struggled in. But anyway, that's coming up later. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the media following Alec Bal- following Alec Baldwin and his fake Italian wife around and taking pictures of them everywhere they go. I think she's a fake Spaniard, Jack, but back to you. <laughs> fake European of some sort. Yeah, granted. Her name was Hillary from Boston, then she became Hilaria from Spain? Si. Or something like that. Seville. Anyway, um, two things on that that I just found weird as I uh, read too much New York Post. One, I can't imagine following around celebrities and trying to get pictures of them when they're distressed and then laying down at night and thinking, well, that was a good day's work. I followed a guy who accidentally shot someone and killed him and got a picture of him looking sad. So, ah, boy, that was a good day's work. You people are vultures. On the other hand, what is it with celebrities in there? Like, I can manage to not go out in public for many days at a time. But celebrities just have to go to the coffee shop, no matter how big of controversy they've got going, even when they know there are photographers out there. They just can't stay away from the coffee shop. I they guess. don't have a Keurig machine. They haven't heard of Uber Eats, apparently. But they got pictures of Alec Baldwin. This is his head in his hand at the coffee shop there in wherever the hell they were. Rural Vermont. Good stuff. On the other um, hand, you'd like to think you could go out for a coffee in rural Vermont and nobody would be particularly concerned with It would be hard to not lose you your ass. And that's what they want you to do. They want you to lose your ass. But it'd be hard to not just lose it and say, what the hell is wrong with you? You want to get a picture of me looking sad because I accidentally shot somebody last week? I'm out here in the middle of nowhere getting a cup of coffee? What the freak is wrong with you? Oh, yeah. You, you would want to beat them down. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's Go what Sean they're hoping Penn for. Yeah. And then that becomes, you become like the biggest star paparazzi in the world if you can provoke them to react. Somehow. And you get a payday, too. You get a settlement. That is weird. Jen Psaki has the COVID just like me. She tested positive over the weekend. She, me, and Bon Jovi. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. Uh, bon Jovi was headed out on stage. The crowd is already there. He was headed out from behind the curtain to do his big concert, and they, they got to test that he tested positive. So the rest of his band, which tested <clears throat> negative, they played without him. Whoa, we're living on ivermectin. <laughs> no? Oh, and on the whole ivermectin thing, I got a bunch <clears throat> of uh, comments on the Twitter machine and the text line, stuff like that. Are you doing the... Uh, ivermectin or the the microclonals or whatever the hell they are. And I don't know how you get all this stuff. I mean, my doctor just said, uh, you know, stay in bed. Take lots of vitamin C. I mean, uh, you have to go to a special doctor or what? Yeah, yeah kind of. You got to sequin out. You get those uh, monoclonal antibodies or the horse paste, and uh, which we know is not horse paste. Calm down. <laughs> if you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, you can find it at armstrongandgetty.com in podcast form. It's pretty darn handy. Armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.